0: Welcome to the Center for Transformation Institute podcast, where we are uniting with therapists everywhere for personal and professional growth. Your journey starts here at The Place Therapists Grow. When a human reaches around 40 years of age, what you notice is, what I noticed at least, was that I looked back at the previous 40 years and thought, okay, that was, you know, that was pretty good. But what am I doing now? And what do I want the next 40, hopefully 40 plus years to look like? And I remember around my 40th birthday, I had taken a trip to Israel with a group of ladies. And one of my good friends had said to me, hey, this is what happens when you turn 40 or when you're around this age. You really are wondering and you really take an inventory of your life. And so around that time also, as a therapist, I was... I was thinking about the current practice I was in and kind of what I wanted the future to look like in terms of how I was going to live out my professional life and maybe leave my mark or uh, at least use my gifts, talents, abilities, my energies towards something that I really felt passionate about and what I call a- a- a sinking my teeth into it, right? And so. Um, that led me to this concept of what is my why? I was working with a good friend then and, and she was talking about that concept of my, what what's your why? And so I went home, I remember going home and get my journal out and just writing, scribbling, kind of f- trying to figure it out. What, why? What is my why? What is the thing that I'm most passionate about? What is the thing that I want to give my time, energy, attention, Two, um, what do I want to spend my years on and my, my mental and emotional strength on? And what I really came up with was this idea of belonging. Belonging has been a really big deal to me for most of my emotional health journey because even though I had some good belonging as a kid, I never really felt or it was it was it, it was a sense of not ever really feeling like I fit. Something was off, something wasn't quite right. And as I began my emotional health journey in my late 20s, early 30s, and it continues on even now, I I I realized that that place to belong was really something that I didn't really feel confident or that it was a foundation in my life in my early years. And I was really seeking and searching for how to create belonging around myself in satisfying ways and mutually satisfying ways. I didn't want to just take from people, but I wanted to provide something for people that then they could in turn provide for me both in one-on-one friendships and in groups. And I think when I look across our world and look you know, at the clients that I serve as well as the friendships, the neighborhood that I'm in, uh, the other types of community that I'm involved in and what I hear from books and media and um, just the big picture of what humans are going through, a lot of us are missing that. We can be lonely in a crowd of people. We can be... Uh, With a lot of people, we can be laughing, joking, feeling great um, on the outside, or at least it appears that we're feeling great and feeling connected, but internally feeling like we're all alone and nobody really gets it, and we're in pain and nobody understands what it's like to be us and what we're going through, so we don't really feel like we're, we're getting into a mutual place with others a reciprocal and mutual place and that is very lonely it's very lonely to have that in our marriages it's very lonely to have that in our families and I think even what we all went through with COVID and kind of being stuck in our homes for a while either you had great belonging and you were like I always say it was the middle-aged mama's dream (laughs) you know where kids came home from school and everybody was just home and just being together or it could have been your nightmare in that you are like, this is a sign that my marriage isn't working, my family doesn't like each other, we don't get along, or I haven't cultivated community outside of myself, and I feel like at this. I've lost. I'm. I'm. I've lost um, everything. Or it's. I've noticed how barren and empty I am. And so, when we think about this this idea of belonging, it's a very important piece of who we are as humans and what it is to be human, what it is to be human and desire to be connected to other people. So I say all that just to remind us where we are in our journey. Um, In this episode, we're going to be talking about the first, the first concept in the five to thrive concept. So the first um, thing is a place to belong. So just a reminder, the five to thrive is part of the big picture pillar in the life model of multi-generational community and what it looks like to be in multi-generational community, a diverse community, community that is with people who aren't just my same age, who aren't just my same Um, gender, who aren't just my same ethnicity, but who are varied in multiple different ways, but I'm learning how to find commonality, I'm learning how to find connection, and I'm learning how to find a place to belong, a place to rest and be at home with a a variety of, of different people and form attachments with people that really matter in my life. So a place to belong is the first concept in The Five to Thrive. So the idea is that as humans, we will not thrive unless we have these five things in place. A place to belong, a place to receive and give life, a place to recover from the things that have gone wrong, our malfunctions, the traumas in our lives. Uh, Four is a place to mature according to the age that we're in our developmental maturity stages and we're, we're matching our age with our emotion and psychological maturity. And then a place to learn to know our own hearts or grow in our personal identity, who we really are and who we are called to be in the world. Not who we're acting like, but who we are truly called to be. In IFS terms, we call it the core self or the spirit-led self. And so back to a place to belong. This is the foundation of the five to thrive. If we don't have a place to belong, we're not going to be able to have the other things. It starts with this uh, secure foundation. I'm reminded that Dan Siegel talks about this concept of oats. It's others in the self. And I actually heard Dr. Wilder talking about it too. Um, Even today, I was re-listening to a Joy Streams. And if you haven't checked that out, Joy Streams is a teaching library that Life Model Works has on their website for a small fee. I think it's $9.99 a month. You can... Uh, access this plethora, this deep, rich teaching library. and I'll just listen to the, the teachings over and over and over, um, especially Dr. Jim Wilder's teachings in that he when he speaks, there's such depth of um, depth of maturity and depth of uh, eldership. And so he's offering us such uh, such rich information. so I'll listen again and again and today he said something about that, how when we're upset, when something's not going quite right, when we're feeling detached relationally, our brain goes into almost a fearful place, and Dan Siegel calls it oats, others in the self, where I'm just hyper-consumed with, how do I relate to others, right? And how do they relate to me? What do they think of me? And what do I think of them? And when we're in a fear-based mindset, There's a lot of fear and alarm around others in the self. Are are they dangerous? Do they like me? Maybe they don't like me. Are they thinking this? Well, I'm thinking this and I'm angry and I feel ashamed and they should be embarrassed. And, you know, I'm judging them. I think they're judging me. And there's this fear-based engagement we have with other people. And we form fear bonds or trauma bonds with people when we are relating to them from that fear-based place in in our minds. And so we talk, even in the psychological world, especially with neurodivergency, um, with ADHD, of this rejection sensitivity dysphoria, in that I can be so hyper-aware of others in the self, others in the self, others in the self, that when I perceive even subtle rejection from someone, even if they aren't rejecting me, I may pick up on some subtle cues that cause me to feel rejected and it can spiral me emotionally and psychologically into this place. And so I think as therapists, a lot of times we see that in our in our clients and we may even feel it. I know there's times when maybe a client confronts me about something or they're upset with me. Maybe it's a counter transference or I'm sorry, a transference kind of concept where, you know, they're treating me as if they're I'm their mother or I'm their significant other and there's some rejection coming my way and and I may start to have that rejection sensitivity and have to do my own inner work around it. But um, that, that goes to show that when my brain is in a fear-based place, my brain is saying, others in the self, how do I relate? And this, this concept of a place to belong in the five to thrive has so much richness around it. Because if I can find a place to belong, a place to... to to really be able to rest with others who know me and who love me no matter how I act. This is not dependent on my behavior. It's not dependent on the character flaws that I have at times. Not that it's not important to face those things. But when I have the kind of loving connection that forms a secure attachment, um, the Life Model calls it, and it comes from directly from the scriptures, from the Holy Bible, this concept of hesed attachment, that there's sticky love, love that never gives up, that it's not dependent on my character or my behavior. All that matters is that I exist. You love me because I belong to you and you belong to me. And we're gonna we're gonna use that sticky love to get through tough times, to get through times when I don't like you, I don't feel like I like you, I don't feel like I love you, but I do because I'm committed in that securely attached ways, to, to securely attached way rather. So that gets tricky and if you're listening to this and you're like "But wait a second what about abuse what about times when you've got somebody who has so sociopathic or extreme narcissistic behavior and that person is putting you in a position of harm well oh my goodness of course you need to set boundaries in that type of setting but as christians we look at those situations through a different lens we look at it through the lens of i can love my enemies now Loving my enemies doesn't mean I stick around all the time because if someone's going to harm me, if they're coming at me with a weapon, whether that's their mouth or their body or an actual weapon, when they're coming around me with that and they don't have the boundaries, their weakness is such, their character flaws are such that they're putting me in a precarious situation, I have to set boundaries. But boundaries don't have to be punitive. Boundaries aren't punishment. Boundaries can be loving. They can be kind and also very firm. This is not okay with me. It's not okay for me act like I wish if you were if since you're acting like that, it's not okay with me for you to act like that. But since you are acting like that, I have to do this because this is what's healthy and right. And a lot of times, you know, through the lens of codependency, when we do step away with healthy boundaries that are loving, it helps the other person see themselves better. So that's a little side note. But when we go back to this idea of secure attachment in a place of belonging, this is a place where I, I know that I'm loved. And I think in a previous episode, I talked about this song that um, Don Whitestone, who's with Deeper Walk International, she actually wrote this when she first started learning about life model. And she, and she sang it to her kids. And um, I won't sing it right now, but I'll tell you the first few lines. And the first few lines are, I love, you when, when I'm, I love you when you're happy. I love you when you're sad. I love you when you scream and shout and get so very mad. I love you when we're peaceful. And when we dance and play, my child, I love you all the time, each night and every day. And then it goes on to say, and I love you when I'm grumpy, when I'm not okay, when I'm acting in a way that isn't maybe loving or I've you know, exceeded my own window of tolerance and I'm, I'm acting out of that and, and it appears that I don't love you or appears I don't want to be with you. It's not true because we're family and we're connected and I love you. So this message is so important in terms of a place to belong. Because if we feel like people only love us or want to be around us based on our behavior, then we're going to perform. And performance isn't going to get us truly secure attachment. Secure attachment says, hey, you're acting like this, but I know that's not your true identity. I know that's not your true self. So secure attachment, according to the research, what what Dan Siegel says, and I love what Kurt Thompson says about it as well from a neuro... um, interpersonal neurobiology lens, it's when I feel securely attached to you, when we belong to one another, then I can go out and explore the world. I can take risks because I know you're my home base. I know I have a place and I know um, two of my children have gone off to explore the world. They're out in college and, and doing that thing. And, and while it's sad for me as a mother to, because I miss them and my home is a lot more quiet, it's exciting because they know I'm here. They know my husband and I are here and that we're with them and that we love them and that we're and that they were rooting for them. And that then gives them the energy and the strength to go out and explore the world. I find myself doing the same thing in my places where I belong. One of my main places of belonging is a therapist identity group that was formed um, seven or eight years ago. And we're still growing strong and we are growing together in amazing ways. And I oftentimes will find myself thinking, what is it like to be me? How does my belonging group see me? And I'll see their faces and I'll hear the words they've spoken over me over the years. And I'll remind myself, it's like me to act like this in this situation, even though I feel like acting out of my anger or my sadness or whatever it may be in those big six unpleasant emotions. I'm going to act like this because this is who they've told me I am. And it resounds. It's true. I know when they speak these things, it feels uh, congruent with who I am, my truest identity in my, in my core self. So when we think about a place to belong, a place where I can, you can know me and I can know you, the good, bad, and the ugly, but you can believe the best about me even when I'm not acting out of that place, even when my weaknesses are coming up that I have a a place of a foundation when we have that connection together. And shame is opposite of that, right? So toxic shame would say it's not good to be with you. Healthy shame would be you're not acting like your true self and it's still good to be with you even though you're not acting like that. And so that's what we want to do with our people. We want to have the capacity and the maturity to be able to enjoy each other. I've heard Wilder even say, the way that a brain can grow more mature is by being enjoyed by those who are more mature mature than them, even in weak moments of their life. And so the question is, can you be glad to be with others who are not on the same maturity level as you, and really, truly enjoy them. Not fake it, not be in a performance mentality. And as therapists, when our clients come in, when they are experiencing weaknesses, can we enjoy them even in the midst of those weaknesses, even if they're upset with us, even if there's transference going on? And I think that's what this, this concept of the Five to Thrive, a place to belong, is all about. So we're headed there, and next episode we will be going into the next, um, the next, uh, the next uh, part of Five to Thrive, which is a place to receive and give. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of The Place Therapists Grow. We hope you will join us next Monday. To expand your knowledge and continue your growth journey, Go to cftinstitute.com and take our assessment. See you next time.